0: what we learned was we were running a business. We weren't property managers and the business just happened to be the product was property management. Exactly. Yep. And everybody would ask us, how are you guys growing? How are you scaling? How are you doing everything? This is, it could be dog food could be hair. Well, not hair products, but it could be something like that. Hair product for me, (laughs) for you. Yes. (laughs) Um, and so, so we just learned how to run a business from a pure business. So when you're talking about virtual assistants, we got very good, 60% 60% of our company was run out of Mexico from virtual assistants because we learned how to scale and how to grow mm-hmm. um, through systemization, all that. Um, and then I, that was the time that we became a good offer for a company, a venture capital backed company. Uh, they ended up purchasing us shortly after we met. Uh, and then I kind of did a pivot and jumped into the investor world of being an influencer.
1: Got it. And, so, like, before yeah. we get into that, let's talk a little bit about business and the property management stuff. Sure. So, yeah, uh, one you said you hired a coach and that changed everything. Absolutely. What uh, can you share? Who that was or what the company was? Sure.
0: Yeah the the, the company was actually a franchise. A funny story about that. Uh, the franchise is called Action Coach. Okay. And the founder is actually in Las Vegas, Brad Sugars. Oh, okay. And uh, I
1: might have to get him on the podcast.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. And well, what's funny is is as we were growing our company, I mean, there's no we would never have been in business. I mean, we were the, one of the guys when we first interviewed the coach, he said, well, here's the thing. You guys have opportunity, you have marketability, and you have scalability. So by definition, you guys have a business. You two, meaning me and my business partner, are not the smartest guys in the world, and you'll be bankrupt in six months. <laughs> you guys are hustling. Yeah, you guys, you guys are not going to make it because yeah. you know nothing about business. And <laughs> it's one of those things where you don't know what's coming around the next corner in business. Um, we didn't know anything about, you know, gap money. We didn't know anything about acquisition costs, lead strategies. We didn't know. I mean, I was a pilot. Yeah. Um. They don't teach you that in flying school. They teach you how to fly a plane.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no business, marketing, no. nothing. Uh,
0: so um, as we were scaling, and growing our company, we were, we were fanatical with our numbers and fanatical with systems and operations. And we learned that any business, whether it's an airline, whether it's a car company, anything is sales and marketing. And we really learned how to focus that and Um, coincidentally, the the gentleman, Brad sugars, who actually owns the whole franchise, which is in 83 countries, he ended up becoming a business partner of ours. And we brought him on as an ownership to scale it even faster, even bigger. And we were the first clients to ever bring him on. And it was like a shark tank deal kind of. Yeah. And, uh, it, it it really, I mean, now we're talking to this mega guy who's getting into our heads of how to scale and how to grow at a much different level than anything else.
1: Yeah. No, I want to link up with Brad for sure. Especially if he's in Vegas. Yep. So, you hire Brad, things obviously just take a dramatic turn, and you guys become business partners too. I mean, it's yeah, just, it was, it was, it was going like that. It was great. So, the thing when I first met you two years ago, you hadn't sold it yet, but I remember you telling me about the business, and you're like, how many VAs did you guys have?
0: Um, at the time, we had about 20. 20 um,
1: VAs, and how many man- properties were they managing?
0: Uh, we were managing about a thousand single family homes. Nice.
1: So, and, and, and we were was, in three cities. What what cities?
0: Uh, we were in Houston, Dallas, and Fort Worth, and they were all in Mexico. Yeah. And what we what we learned a lot of times, you know, we're the biggest problem when it comes to business because we think we need to do it, and we think because it's our business, we're we it's it's I have to do it. I put on my cape, get out of my way. I'm gonna go jump in and do it. And the reality is, is that's not your job. Mm-hmm. You know, your job is to be the leader and the CEO of the business, not the doer. Um. And so we learned that through KPIs, through metrics, and through scalability anybody could do this task and we were able to take just to give you some numbers um our our revenue per payroll was 59% of payroll of revenue we got it down to 33% when we started outsourcing with more employees doing better jobs mm. and so all of a sudden we were getting better service and so we we took the 80 20 concept like everyone uses and we turned it upside down and we said okay why are these people calling us, right? Property management, you're a complaint desk. People call to either fire you or bitch at you. That's it. So we were like, okay, why are they calling? They're calling because there's a problem that we didn't get to first. So how do we solve the problem upstream? And through systemization, it it was a failure, maybe in our part, in a contractor's part. And someone's fault is the reason that owner or tenant is calling us. Mm -hmm. So how do we stop that call from happening? And so we went upstream to stop the problem. And we started doing it with virtual assistants, and we learned that we we basically had four departments down there. We had a maintenance division, we had an accounting division, we had a tenant relations division, and we had an investor services division. And each team had about four or five employees in each team. Um, and they all had their KPIs and their KPIs kicked up to their team leader. And then those team leaders kicked up their KPIs to us at the at the leadership team. And so that's how we we ran our company all through KPIs and metrics. And it was, you know, n- there was no people. It was roles, roles and duties. Yeah. Um, and, and that's how we learned to really scale. And if we, if we knew that um, the average property manager can normally am- manage about 120 to 140 doors, that's about the given standard property manager. The challenge is when you own a property management company, you're not making a profit until you're about 140 to 170. Mm. So it means you have to redline your best employee to actually make a profit. Wow, and that's why the the longevity of a property manager is about two years because they leave. Yeah. So we said, okay, how do we how do we do a stress reliever and, and alleviate them? And so what we ended up doing is, is we got our property managers up to 300 to 350 doors because we had the teams in Mexico to offload them. Mm. because they didn't need to be, hey, I don't know how to log into my portal. Why do I have to pay my rent? That's not a property manager. The property manager, we wanted them saying, hey, we're going to get sued if we don't answer this question. This is an owner wants to buy more properties. That's what we want them doing. The 80-20 rule, 80% of the calls that come in. There's BS. They're just BS, but they have to be answered. Yep. But not by the property manager.
1: No, not at all. And so
0: that's how we were able to do this and scale it. And it it proved very successful, which is one of the reasons we were acquired is because of our Mexico operation. One of the main reasons.
1: So are you allowed to talk about like what you got acquired for or anything like that?
0: I I can uh, I can tell you that it was a multiplier. Yeah, uh, of revenue, um, and it was about uh just under two times revenue. Okay, uh, of that, okay. which is which is on the high side of what companies were being bought for. Uh, I can't say the amount, but yeah, it was it was a good number. Okay, uh, you can very, tell me off camera. I can tell you off camera. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but but it, it was it was a good number. Um, they're very fair. This company manages about eight thousand properties. They're they're a venture capital funded company. Yeah, um, and they do a good job. They're a very tech based company. They hired me. Uh, Once they purchased us, they, as a separate contract, they hired us as a, um, uh, as a VP of their investor education. Mm. And that's kind of when I started making the pivot shortly after and started working with bigger pockets and other people on the investing side. So that's kind of when I started kind of coming onto the scene as an investor. Cause up until that point, you know, I was speaking around the United States. Uh, I spoke around Australia. I did a lot of tours as a speaker educator on the property management side, not on the investing side. So that's when I did that pivot.
1: For sure. And man, that that's crazy just uh, to see, you know, a lot of people ask me like, Ryan, why don't you get into property management or construction? Why do you have a brokerage? Why not offer that? I'm like, no way. I'm like, I do not want the headache. I don't want to. But I mean, if you systematize any business, right, you can alleviate the majority of the headaches, yeah. 80% of them. <laughs> now, the,
0: the, the great thing about a property management company is it's almost a recession-proof business. Because in good times, investors are buying. Yeah. In bad times, inve- people can't sell their houses and they turn them into property management com- uh, homes. Yeah. So it's, it's, so in that regard, it's good. And it's, it's you know, I, I hate to say it, but property management is a nickel and dime business. You make a lot of money on ancillary fees. Yeah. But you can make a lot of money. I mean, it is a very profitable business, but it is very process and procedure driven. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we had our property management company, we would do rehabs on our properties. And then we had other people saying, hey, could I don't want you to manage it, but could you could you do a rehab on this property for us? So we thought, okay, you know, 35, 40 percent profit margins when we did the math. We've already got the employees on staff. Sure. So we went to our business coach. We said, hey, we're going to start doing this. And he says, well, why don't you do the dry cleaning? they need haircuts. Why don't you cut their hair? (laughs) Why don't don't you wash their cars? He's like, where does it stop? He's like, focus on your focus. He's like, don't deviate. You guys have a plan. You have a goal. He's like, if you're going to change it, that's fine. But now you got to change the goal of the business. You got to change the plan. You got to change everything. And that was, that was, he used to always reel us in from those shiny objects. So yes, you could, but at what opportunity cost?
1: 100%. I see people do that all the time, especially, um, good example would be realtors. They'll get like one client who wants to buy a house in some random place. Like, should I get licensed to him? Like, no, you don't. (laughs) Not at all. No. Like just because you have one opportunity. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not good.